Hello and good day. Matthew Grant here briefly before handing over to Robin Mertens for today's episode. Well, breaking news in the last week is that Amazon is going to be offering home insurance in the UK in partnership with Aegeus, LV and the Co-op. And they say they aim to simplify tedious form filling, slimming down the process to get a quote to essential questions only. Well, we hear a lot about embedded insurance, that's bundling insurance with a product sale. There's also the idea of reverse embedded insurance, which is selling a product to someone that has just bought insurance. So for Amazon, could this shift to selling insurance be just one step towards selling houses, I wonder? Well, Collegarage Shibata joins us today from Stripe to talk about the essential role of payments in the insurance industry. For most of us, how money transfers between different parties, such as when buying insurance or getting paid a claim, is invisible, although in reality we are all impacted by the higher cost, delays and other frustrations that occur when the flow of money isn't working well. As Colin Gary explains, Stripe has a very innovative approach to how it works with its customers and there are lessons for companies of all sizes here. And we're delighted to be supported by Stripe as one of our Instec Corp members, along with other leading companies working together to improve payments. Now this is just one of the 15 or so areas that we're seeing true use of innovation in the application of data and technology that is making a difference in insurance. So contact me, Matthew Grant or Robin Mertens on LinkedIn or any of us at hello at instec.co if you're interested in learning more about what we offer corporate members. Instec is accredited for continuing professional development by the Chartered Insurance Institute and you can earn up to 0.5 CPD hours by listening to our podcast. You can find the learning objectives on our website www.instec.co or in the episode description. While you're there, please do take a minute to complete the feedback form. We are always keen to hear what you think of the podcast. Well, I'm really pleased to be joined today by Calagero Schipetta, and I've struggled with that name for quite a long time. I do apologise, because I think for a year since we first met, I've been calling you Calagero. Yeah. I, I'm probably not the only one, am I? No, you're not the only one. Uh, it's a very uh, peculiar name, uh, has a specific origin in Italy, and yeah, abroad it hasn't traveled much, except for a few films. In Italy, there are some names that are tied to specific geographies. So where I'm from, which is Agrigento, which is south part of Sicily, uh, the local saint is called San Calogero, and we have the tradition you know, to keep the name of the grandfather in the family. So I was looking up um, before this uh, podcast, and online you can find some sources that say that 49% of people in my county are called Calogero, but it disappeared like a few kilometers away. So Italians can really spot where I'm from as soon as I say, hi, my name is Calogero. The but funny thing is, in France, there is a singer called Calogero. And so now in France, they know to spell my name because they just say, like the singer. I could see this podcast in great sales in <laughs> there's very, very local areas somewhere. <laughs> um, so how does a Sicilian boy find himself in the, in the UK? When I was very young, my family decided to move to Paris, started to work uh, in France, um, then started to work with insurance companies there. And then six years ago, I joined a startup that was in London. So I decided to cross the channel and then I've been, you know, uh, I'm here. So quite an interesting journey going from, you know, research and advisory and then traceability and technology. And now, you know, here in, in the UK working on Stripe. And you're the commercial lead for insurance um, in the UK and a, mm-hmm. and a regular at our events, for which, mm-hmm. thanks. How did, you, how did you end up working at Stripe? For me, Stripe was always uh, a company to look up for because 
I think that they, um, you know, they manage to solve a problem which is very interesting and very complex in a very elegant way. So when I was in, uh, in Everledger before, I always looked at Stripe and how, you know, we could emulate some of the thinking and the design that they've done. And, um, you know, on, on, a, on, a, on a random occasion, like always happen on, this, on these things, a friend of mine was actually, um, you know, interviewing with them and he asked me, hey, do you know about this company? And like, yeah, absolutely, I know them. And uh, so I, he asked me for, for some advice and some help on how to do the interviews. And, uh, you know, through the process, he just stopped, looked at me and said like, do you want to talk to this company? Because you seem very excited about it. Uh, and so I did. So I spoke with them and then I got, you know, the opportunity to join them. And based on my previous knowledge and my previous experience, you know, um, you know, I decided to focus on insurance because I think it's uh, as this conversation will unfold, there is a lot to do there. So ultimately you're dealing, uh, the day job is is in the sort of nexus of insurance uh, and payments. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, from that background, you didn't necessarily know um, a, a lot about that space. What excited you? What do you think the, the issues are that need to be fixed? From my experience, you know, as I said before, before Stripe, I used to work in supply chain and traceability. So a lot of... So we spend a lot of time trying to understand, you know, um, how, uh, you know, supply chains are works and how they're mapped. So transactions were always very interesting for us to understand. So, you know, invoice data and all these things. And so it was pretty clear to me that um, the, you know, traditional industries do not necessarily have yet embraced some of the uh, modern technology when it comes to payment. And in particular, uh, in, in, the, in the insurance space, there is a large um, set of problems that are related with, you know, payments, financial reconciliation, and all of that hasn't been really solved because the industry hasn't necessarily adopted yet cloud-based technology and, you know, the data quality standard that some other industry have. So it, it was interesting for me to see that insurance is still a significant insurance that needs to be digitized. And I realized that Payments is not necessarily well understood generally, but also in the insurance space in particular. And so I think we are at the cusp where you're starting to see real momentum about adoption of, you know, new platform, new systems and new technologies that will elevate, you know, the technology stack of the insurance. And so I think that payments, as you know, as we will discuss later on, is a key component of the industry. It's just that it hasn't necessarily been treated as such. But, but how bad is it? Um, and what I mean by that is, um, I reckon if you spoke to the average insurance executive, he'd say, well, you know, the, the money gets to the right people in the end most of the time. It, it may not be optimal, mm-hmm. but uh, of all the things we've got on our plates right now, payments isn't very high. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there room for significant improvement? And if so, you know, what would the benefits be for that? The real challenge with payments in insurance is that I, from, from what we see uh, in the market, is treated as a very tactical issue where, you know, it's specific processes where payments is involved, but they are treated separately. While, you know, there are very core processes that insurance have to go through, things like, you know, the border of process, things like reconciliation, things like... Um, multi-party movement of money when it comes to risk transfer, et cetera. And, you know, these are not necessarily treated as 
um, the same problem, but they are very siloed because the team that would be in charge would be different. So if you, if you go to uh, if you go to the market, you will see that you know the the the, com the companies are looking at collecting premiums. They will be focusing on the digital experience, and they will say, yes, accepting money, uh, accepting payment is fine, but they don't necessarily deal with the consequences of what an optimal uh, payment infrastructure is. And so things like reconciliation, things like um, chasing failed payments or inefficiencies that derive from the fact that you don't necessarily have a full view of your financial is something that is a direct consequence of a, 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 a payment infrastructure that is not um, that is not ideal. And so what, what companies like us can help you is really to modernize the entire end-to-end -end process of the payments, which is where some of the costs that, you know, the, the industry is desperate to reduce or some of the inefficiency that, you know, create um, complexity around, you know, working capital and all of that are, is just that they're not necessarily connected to the payment itself. You're, as we said before, a regular attendee at our events and um, very active and knowledgeable about the insurtech scene. I, is that because um, for Stripe, the insurtech world is a fundamentally easier, better place to start? You've got you can get people early, and, and I know we 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 we've you've got people like Cover, Cover Genius, Armor Karma that mm -hmm. you've implemented solutions with. Is that a specialism, do you think, for you in short tech? Uh, I mean, not necessarily a specialism in the sense that it reflects the history of the company. So, you know, Stripe is, you know, you probably know the story, but, you know, they're, you know, a company was 10 years old now, been funded by two uh, Irish brothers in, in the Silicon Valley. And the original um, problem that they were set to solve was around being paying online because 10 years ago it was really really hard and so it was very obvious and very natural for us to have a lot of customers in the startup and in the digital native space also because we are a platform which is api based so we are a product that is built you know by developer for developers and so these insure techs have a natural tendency to be more on a um, you know, on a self-serve basis where they just go and grab the, the, the solution that they want. And so we, um, you know, we historically work with that cohort, but we do work with, you know, very large enterprise and more traditional companies as well. So it's not necessarily a reflection of our product. Working with the incumbent world, what is it that you look for? There must be people that you think, mm, I'm not sure that's for me. And there'll be people they think that's... What, what are the kind of attributes you look for when you come out of insurtech world or incumbent world and, and, and try and solve their problems? I mean, the angle is different, right? Because the, the insurtechs have the advantage, you know, to, of course, to start with new technology and, and so on. The incumbents have different set of problems around more modernization and you know overall payment is part of a digital transformation so we generally work with clients that have that process going on and as part of that they are both 
modernizing, you know, the front end, so the customer experience and the and the back end, uh, with you know the reconciliation and the and, and the finance. So I think the the angle is the is the is different, even if the result is the same, because insurtechs are more, you know, looking for leverage, right? And the incumbent are more looking for agility. But ultimately, we work with companies of every size, even beyond insurance of every size. You know, we work from sole trader till you know large multinational. So there is no specific attribute we're looking for. It's just we try to understand what payments mean for the context where they are. This is a slightly strange question, but forgive it. You, you came out of a, a startup, um, and, and not a very big startup at that, and you joined a company. Um, Albeit, you know, highly digital and and agile, mm -hmm. but it's got eight thousand employees. Uh, it processed something like six hundred and forty billion dollars uh, last year. What have you had to do to adjust? I mean, is it is a it, it feels like it's more like an incumbent now. It's a big big company, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's it's a change compared to my previous role. But what is very impressive for me is that I believe that. Companies have always a specific ethos, you know, so there is always a um, specific uh, core value that persists in the in, in the company. And I think that Stripe is really user-led. So I think the original approach of the founders that are still running the, the, the business around being user-centric and allow the company to do, to develop around the customer is still very present. And also because our product team is effectively really, really good and really good at listening to our customer and iterate very quickly. So even if the company is large in terms of number, you see that nimbleness, that agility around the product developments. So it is really um, agile in the, in the way it works. Look, I'm a little bit cynical at the back end of my career um, and, and I see all over your website as part of the research for this the the idea that Stripe has core values and a little bit of me says you know, that sort of website uh, PR do you, do you as an employee feel that these are core values? Do they really influence and determine the mm -hmm. way you as employees behave? Absolutely and I think that you know we constantly have reminded of them by the founders who still run the, run the business and also um, you know, it's important for us to recognize the work that we do and how critical it is for our customers, right? So when you, uh, you know, people trust us, you know, with their ability to uh, accept payment, which is, you know, as, as, as a business owner, you know, it's a critical function. Mm -hmm. And so those principles are important uh, to mold the behavior because we need to be extremely responsible and uh, adhere to the higher standards to make sure that, you know, we can deliver uh, on the trust that the customer are giving us. So absolutely. Extreme weather events such as floods and hurricanes are costing the insurance industry billions in insured losses. At Instech's next evening event in London, we'll be looking at how insurers are approaching these ever more important climate risks in their underwriting and portfolio management. Our event, Tropical Cyclone, Managing Tomorrow's Climate Risk Today, supported by Riask and Fathom, takes place on Tuesday the 1st of November at Codenode London, starting at 4.30pm. Register on our website, instech.co. Free for Instech corporate members. The one core value that I really liked, which I, I think, I can't think that any 
startup or disruptive company wouldn't want to have is we haven't won yet. Payments is one of those areas that you you, you know probably never fix. Is that I mean? Is, do you feel that we still believe that technology on its own is a it's very early days. You know there is a lot of progress that need to happen and a lot of um, you know and a lot of innovation that need to come and so. If I can give you a statistic, you know, in 2021, only 12% of global spend was online. So, you know, there is a lot to do and a lot to digitize. So even when we think how we make decisions and how Stripe Evolve, we're really on the long-term horizon because we understand that these are changes that take, you know, very long time to implement. And even if you link, if you think about the insurance, right? So there was recently a, a report from McKinsey that was analyzing the adoption of cloud technology, as example, in insurance, which is extremely early still. So there is a lot that will come in many industries. And so for us, it's very important to remind that we need to make sure that we optimize for the long term, not just for, you know, a uh, short term. Um, and so it's very important to understand that because it really, going to the question you had earlier, it guides you the decision and how you know you behave because you really can take the time to optimize for the long term. Talking of the long term, tell me about Stripe Climate. What's what's Stripe Climate? When was it set up? What's it for? Hmm. So thank you for the question. So Stripe Climate is uh, originally a project and then a product that uh, we set up in 2019. So uh, we were looking as part of our own, you know, sustainability and, and, and CSR program, what, what could we do to contribute to, um, you know, improve the state of things. And we identified um, carbon capture as a technology that was effectively quoted in every report around climate, but was not necessarily receiving the same level of funding that uh, than other aspects. And so... What we did was in 2019, we started to investigate and deep, go deeper in, into the space. And we understood that there was a, a fundamental problem of supply. So there was not enough technology deployed for carbon, uh, for carbon capture uh, and carbon removal. So we decided to, in, to become early customers of this project. And so... We, we don't invest in firms, but we become our, their customer. And, um, you know, after speaking with, with some customers, we also allow our users and our clients to direct a fraction of, you know, the transaction that they, they process with us to, to, to fund this. Um, and it has been, um, you know, well-received. And now we launched in, together with other, other firms um, the Frontier Fund, what, which is, again, expanding on this idea where we procure from early stage company um, carbon, uh, carbon capture um, so that they can expand their business and that they can, uh, they can grow. Because it's a f we believe it's a fundamental part of the puzzle that needs to be developed. And so it, it, was, it was a way for us to contribute as well. I like it. Um, it would be remiss of me to get you on the podcast and then not use your knowledge as an Italian, or perhaps I should say um, Sicilian, um, and a fellow foodie, mm -hmm. because normally we, we meet over pasta. Mm -hmm. 
to tell us what your favourite Italian restaurants are in London so that our listeners can be guided as to where they should get a good plate of pasta? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've been together to one of the, them, I think. Uh, again, this is not necessarily Sicilian because Sicilian cuisine is very hard to find, as you know, outside of, uh, outside of Italy. But if there are a few places I would recommend. So there is a place called Bocca di Lupo. I don't know if you heard about it. Of course. Which is, which, is, which, is, which is good. There is a place in Liverpool Street called Super Tuscan. I don't know if you have been. Uh, very small one, but very, very nice. And then, um, of course, in the Padella and Trullo that are, you know, jointly together. Yeah. So, so those are the go-to places. That's easy where, where, I, where I recommend people to go. It's encouraging to know that they're already on my list. Um, look, thank you for joining me. Um, uh, and, and thank you too, because I'm just back from Palermo and, and you gave me some very, very helpful tips as to where to eat there, which was um, which, which I took to heart. Um, good luck with all your work at Stripe uh, on, on the insurance side. We certainly haven't won yet. And, and thank you for your continued support of Stripe with what we do. And we look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you, Robin. Thank you very much. Well, we spend a lot of time in insurance. It's always fascinating to learn from companies operating in the broader world as well. Find out what we're up to at www.instec.co and links in the episode notes. And please do tell us what you think. Okay, that's it. We're done. We're done.